Check. One, two. All right, we got this now. We're going to make it work. Pouring it from Mexico. Shortages of marijuana are now being reported. A dirty war is erupted, sanctioned by the Philippines' new president. His orders for his people and his police kill them. No matter how ridiculous that sounds, it's true. They will kill you if you are in the Philippines or somewhere else where they don't approve of drugs. They will. They'll knock you out, man. They don't care. They think you're a dirty, rotten piece of shit. But I don't. Me neither. Welcome to the Daily Attic Podcast. It's your boy, Tim. And my sit-in guest on the show, Mike Biggs from the West Coast. Mm. What, what up? up? What up, Biggs? How's it going, man? How you been? How you doing? It's going, it's going, it's going. Everything is relatively calm on my side we got a new member of our family a little puppy that we decided to you know take in and uh so that's been a challenge um i've been on twitter a lot fucking around but dog lovers twitter lovers yeah get on that get on that twitter handle y'all get on that dap spread it around let us know um, what you like and don't like about the show and what you want to hear more about, things like that. Yes. Sure. Hit us up at Daily Attic Show on Twitter. And you can always find us or hit us up, leave us a good review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart, and TuneIn coming soon. Leave us a good, you know, leave us a good review, five stars and all that shit. It's always good to do that. So now that that's over with, again, we are brought to you by our sponsor, Hemp. Hemp. It's good for everything. Yes. Arthritis, cancer, muscles, skin, lungs, bladder, appetite, sphincter muscle, ropes toenails it's good for everything on your body man yeah one way or another it's it, gonna affect you it will benefit your life in many different endocannabinoid ways. system did i say that in endocannabinoid endo endocannabinoid yeah we all got one yes yes we have cannabinoid receptors perfect in our, in our brains yeah look it up everybody i'm not gonna sit on my soapbox and talk about it all day just look it up yes look it up it, it, we are made for it it is made for us and, Absolutely. So going into not the first story, but I just wanted to, I don't know if everybody knows who the major players are in this drug war, like how it started and how we got to where we're at. And it all started with a guy named Harry Anslinger. I don't know if any, if I've mentioned him before, I may have, I'm sure I have. He is a United States government official who served as the first commissioner in the U.S. Treasury Department's Federal Bureau of Narcotics. And he was a supporter of prohibition and the criminalization of drugs. And he played a pivotal role in cannabis prohibition. Um, I'm not going to go through all of the whole story behind this guy. But he was basically, he rose to prominence early in his career 
working as an investigator for the railroad. Um, he was a pretty smart guy. As he worked in the Treasury Department's Bureau of Prohibition against alcohol, when that ended, he needed a new bad guy to keep his prohibition funding going and his do-gooder, racist ass in a job. So he attacked cannabis, and he's basically the godfather of the drug war and the one that started it. And if you look up this guy and how crooked he was, just a real piece of shit all the way around. Not only was he an open racist, but he shaped laws that put a lot of us Americans behind bars for no reason. And I just wanted to give you a couple of his quotes. So if you listen to someone's quotes, you can tell what kind of character, what kind of person they are. Mm -hmm. And um, here goes a few of them. There are 100,000 total marijuana smokers in the U.S., and most are Negroes, Hispanics, Filipinos, and entertainers. Their satanic music and jazz and swing result from marijuana usage. This marijuana causes white women to seek sexual relations with Negroes, entertainers, and any others. That is a direct quote from Harry Enslinger. Mm. Now, there's nobody that called him out on that shit. I'm just wondering, like, uh, like I would say, hold on a minute. Do they have years next to these quotes? When did this guy serve? This guy, well, this was in the 30s and 40s and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know okay. what years. So that kind of talk, the culture back then, yeah. I mean, yeah, I imagine it was a lot more acceptable to get away with that kind of stuff. Here goes another one. This is the this is the one. Well, one of many bad ones. Marijuana mm. influences Negroes to look at white people in the eye, step on the white man's shadows, and look at white women twice. <laughs> what the hell? Dude, propaganda. Yeah, at its finest. To, at its to, to fuel the racist fear. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Back then, you, they, that's what they feared. Like, oh, my God, the black man's here. He's going to take over. He's bigger. He's better. It's fucking disgusting. He's going to take our country over. We need to make everything illegal that he does. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how they use racism to, to pit us and divide us against each other. Don't fucking And fall people for fall shit. for that don't, shit, too. Don't do that. The primary reason to outlaw marijuana and its effects on the degenerate races Marijuana is taken by musicians, and I'm not speaking about good musicians, but the jazz type. So this is the era when jazz was becoming popular, and jazz performers smoked weed because it was inspirational. There's a lot of improvisation. There's a lot of experimentation in jazz. It's not just like a set music. And uh, they played jazz in these nightclubs and things where you drank alcohol and you smoked weed and you did things like mm -hmm. that. So he attacked that. So mm -hmm. I'll give a couple more of these quotes there amazingly racist and fucking disturbingly um, sexist, you know, they, they're just, they are beyond belief of what you would say a racist is and nothing happened to this guy. You know what I mean? Nowadays, if you say something like slightly against another color, like even though it didn't have nothing to do with them, just because they're that color. Like if it's a shitty person, you say, oh, yeah. you're a shitty person. They say, you're just saying that because you're racist, dog. Yeah. 
Yeah, everyone's walking on fucking eggshells because of uh, social media. But you let this guy, who is the head of the fucking narcotics bureau of the of the Treasury Department, say this shit. I know it was a different time and blah blah blah. Oh no, there's blah. no way it should be dismissive Jesus because of that. Jesus yeah. Christ, man. Yeah, yeah we all. Where agree was that the shit decency was back then? Mm-hmm, for sure. Colored students at the University of Minnesota partying with white female students, smoking marijuana, and getting their sympathy with stories of racial persecution. Result: pregnancy. That was his quote. Wow. No one bothered to ask him, though. Like, you seriously don't think that there's one fucking redneck sitting on his porch playing the fucking banjo with a joint in his mouth? Not one? The fuck out of here. These are my two favorite quotes right here. Marijuana. And they spell it Juana. Marijuana. Yeah. When it's cannabis. It's not even marijuana. Yes, the word came. The word is Mexican... I hate that word. I use it though. I'm trained to use it. I I love cannabis. I hate that. So marijuana is the most violent drug in the history of mankind. That's the reefer madness terminology. Ah, It's violent. Ah. Uh Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Unbelievable. It's the 180. The hysteria. Yeah, it's actually the most peaceful. How about this one? This one's the best one. You smoke a joint and you're likely to kill your brother. In that case, both of you motherfuckers would have been dead by now. Oh God! And I'm sure. I'm sure the drug war resulted in nobody killing nobody. Jeez, fucking great, fucking awesome. Well, I think that's enough covering Harry Ans- Anslinger. I think you guys, you have your chance. Harry Look at- Anslinger. Yeah, Harry Anslinger. You know, Harry I've Anslinger. heard um, a bit about him through my. Uh, research here and there through time but i'm glad that you highlighted him because i forgot all about him and i think people need to know uh, where the drug war in this country stems from if you're interested yeah and uh it's 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 because of people like that pushing bullshit for years and years and it's still deeply rooted into a lot of people's minds that aren't open to uh cannabis in this country yet you know they, they still have that shit in the back of their minds you know from Growing up and hearing that propaganda, it's, it's, it's your it older brain, generation it's brainwashing, man. It's brainwashing your you know? older like generation. Are, people yeah. are still weary about cannabis. It's like, why? It's fucking totally harmless. People in their like 70s and 80s right now are still strictly anti cannabis. Right and, and it's like when people get violent and you want to find out they have marijuana in the system later. I'm willing to bet they have more than just that most of the time. Oh, you yeah. Know, usually it's mixed with alcohol or something more aggressive that would make people violent. So it's just like you got to really consider everything, all all variables of all situations before you go and make, you know, harsh judgments. Especially, yeah, like you said, there's not there's all these studies about certain drugs, but they don't mention the fact that other drugs are in there. And some of them are some of them are regulated drugs like, uh, you know, narcos and Percocets and shit that's already like legalized, regulated drugs. So you have both sides, you know, you have unregulated street drugs and now you have controlled, um, regulated, taxed cannabis, which I love. I wish. Harry Anslinger was alive today just so he could see all these states legalizing cannabis. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to name something after his ass. I'm going to name a strain after Anslinger, you know? 
This is the Harry Anslinger strain. It'll fuck you up for years. <laughs> nice. It'll have you going in the wrong direction, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. You'll say, I want to go left, and you'll take a right. 45% THC. Jesus, man, he fucked everything up. Um, speaking of that, here's a great, great grandchild of his policies. Going into the first story, the Bismarck Tribune. This is a story about large drug bust as a result of a prostitution sting. Now, you read into this story, Biggs. Mm-hmm. It said there was an arrest of a madman of a, oh, a Mandan man. That must be the name of the town. Yeah. Whose authorities said he had three pounds of methamphetamine in his residence, and it's tied to a prostitution ring from the Burley County Sheriff's Department conducted over the weekend. Sting. Not ring. Oh, sting. Prosecutions. Prostitution. Sting. Sting. Yeah, they set just him up. It was a sting, but they... Okay, I got you. The prostitution part of it uh, is what kind of kicked it off, said the uh, Jim Holm. He's the the police officer on the case. We had no idea this was a true narcotics connection. I mean, with that being said, is there any women out there that that are prostitutes that really sell their body because they absolutely want to. You know what I mean? Or, or or is the majority of them, do they have to do with drugs and alcohol and stuff? I mean, I guess where it's illegal at, where it's legal at, that's one thing, but where it's illegal at, it's kind of like you went into a prostitution sting not expecting to find drugs. <laughs> that kind of sounds... Ignorant. Yeah. Well, there's there's things that make me question, just like every other article almost. But, I mean, I just, they, they're acting like they didn't suspect that he had drugs, but yet it was a narcotics team on the scene that found the drugs. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. what, what the fuck would they be doing there if you didn't suspect drugs in the first place? Like, you were, like you were just suspecting to set him up with, you know, some, some trim he didn't get, which is <laughs> prostitution could be argued as a uh, kind of a slippery slope as well, because what you're talking about ultimately is a uh, consensual act between two parties and ultimately a transaction as well. I mean, if you want to get really as simple as you can about it, um, uh, no one is really getting hurt. So as far as like them being made to do it, I think that's when you can call it a ring. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but, you know, I'm I'm willing to bet you're going to find a fair share of prostitutes like, yeah, I'm choosing to do this. So what of it? And it's my only choice I've got. Some of them feel like that. Some feel like they'd rather do that than I go work a job that they, may, they wouldn't make as much money, maybe. I don't know. But probably a variety of reasons. There is. There's a lot of reasons they get into that. And um, I'm not saying it's a good thing for society per se, but it's another thing. Just like drugs, you're not going to be able to stop. You can't regulate it. No. I mean, you can't not that you can't regulate it. If you tried to regulate it, you'd probably have more positive results than just going, just throwing people in jail and treating them like shit. Like this guy right here, uh, Howard Hausauer. 
Howard Hausauer. He got busted in this thing um, as in, in the prostitution part now as and the drug part, I believe. And he was in the Sports Hall of Fame and for the University of Mary. And they removed all references to him by the afternoon after this bust. So this this hurt him, you know. He was listed in the Hall of Fame class of 2011 for being an accomplished track athlete. So because he made mistakes now, you're going to take away his accomplishments he made in college as an athlete. Does that seem stupid? I mean, to me, that just seems like University of Mary, you're not looking any better because you took him off your website. It's not like you're saying, you know, by his actions in the future, it's not like anybody actually thinks like, you know what? I'm not going to that University of Mary. Fuck that. They breed prostitution, pimps, and drug dealers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it is. It does seem a little bit silly that you want to erase some of your school's history because of what happened after that history took place. Fucking dude. So the law enforcement sting started in late June with a deputy posing as a social on social media as a prostitute. By the week's end, department saw an increase in activity and two arrests made. And Hossauer, am I saying his name right? Hossauer? That's how I was kind of saying it. Hossauer continued. Hauser? 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 Hauser. It could be Hauser. Let's say Hauser. Hauser continued making contact on Monday and was persistent. Holmes said, Holmes said the deputy posed as a prostitute made arrangement on services, costs, and place to meet. Authorities gathered information and evidence after the arrest, which led to the execution of warrant at his residence. So Metro Area Narcotics Task Force assistance serving the warrant. The search netted 1,379 grams of methamphetamine and 80 grand in cash. So this guy went after... So they they had a prostitution sting going where they were trying to like bait Johns into setting up deals so they could fucking send him to jail. Mm-hmm. And then this guy was a drug dealer. So he probably did some tried to do some trading maybe like hey, I got some meth or ah, whatever. And then they sense. busted both so they went to his house and raided his house. So one of the other men arrested, Eric Ogden, also had warrants in the county and Holmes said the third man, age 71, was arrested but the court documents were not immediately available. So I wonder if that was like the pimp or something. The prostitution, well, the police were the pimp. So the 71-year-old, he was just in the house too. Prostitution arrests often open up doors for other arrests. Yeah, I think it's I think it only makes sense that when you have a lot of illegal activity involved with things you're trying to stop people from doing that they're going to kind of tie together from time to time. Like, you know, illegal guns are going to tie in with drugs and illegal prostitution and illegal car jacking. And Mm -hmm. I mean, criminal, the criminal element is going to use all these tools because you gave them to them, not because they invented them. (laughs) It's not like a criminal woke up one day. and was like, you know what? I think it'd be a good idea to make drugs illegal and prostitution, prostitution illegal. And, um, that way I can make a living under the undercover and be a fucking thug and, and live a violent life and not work and make a lot of money real quick. It's not like they wake up making that choice. You gave them the tools for this. You gave them the ability 
for this black market to thrive. And it, it does thrive that without the black market, drug trade, prostitution ring and all these other things that are going on under the economy. You're talking about a big, massive chunk of the economy just drying up, just drying up. If you didn't have those billions and trillions of dollars flowing through people's hands every day that a lot of people would would suffer immediately because it does spawn a lot of economic activity that nobody wants to talk about. Well, the officer said it's not just prostitution. It typically leads into other crimes, he said, and it did. Now, that speaks volumes to me because we just said a minute ago how a lot of these things are linked, and often it's prostitution and drugs. And to back up even a little bit further, my ultimate point before starting this story, uh, when starting this story, is that prohibition does not work and will never work. And if you want a prime example of that, look at into the well, the twenties and Al Capone era. Yeah, and and that that's all you need to know. Uh, people are going to do what they want to do, and as long as they're not hurting anybody else or their property, then they should be able they should be allowed to be able to do those things. And um, if if you're going around busting, you know, prostitutes and people who do drugs all day long, it's not. Locking them in cages isn't going to do anything. If you want to get them help, that's one thing. But to treat them like they're horrible human beings and, you know, locking them up with criminals and real criminal, real criminals that do, you know, hardcore things. And then they come out institutionalized and even worse than when they when they went in. um, The after effects are very, very negative. They're always negative. I mean, there's there's. They, they they preach these false positives, but it's getting worse and worse. So really, at, at a point in time, it's going to come to the point where it says, no matter how much money we give you, no matter how much how, how much we try to stop this, we can't because we didn't solve the problem. We just fed into the problem with our bullshit. Right. And another great example of this is on our second story as well, where we're going to NBC-2.com. This is down in Fort Myers, Florida. Undercover detectives raid two Fort Myers drug homes, and they got pictures of the um, of the assailants on cell phones posted. And they're showing that after a two month long investigation, detectives raided two homes in Fort Myers. So two months, they're going after this. The Lee County Sheriff's Department said they released of uh, the news released that a 26 year old suspect. Penny, uh, no, Rennie, Rennie Armstrong sold a trafficking amount of fentanyl to an undercover detective. Then with probable cause for a raid, the unit executed a search warrant on Powell Street. They seized 12.9 grams of fentanyl, 26 grams of cocaine, and 42 grams of oxycodone and a gram of Xanax from the house. And they have, of course, as always, a picture of the of the yield of the bust. Detectives also arrested 21-year-old Ross Sheen Armstrong, who was found inside the home. He faced charges of trafficking fentanyl, oxycodone, possession of controlled substance, possession of cocaine. Meanwhile, Rennie Armstrong is wanted for the alleged sale and possession of fentanyl and other traf- and, and for trafficking in fentanyl. The second home was searched on prospect. Multiple undercover narcotic detectives brought narcotics to the home. They also established probable cause. This is your typical 
everyday drug raid. This happens every single day in this country, probably several times, several dozen times. This is your low-level drug dealer who has everything baggied up, uh, partialed out to make the sale. There is millions of these people out there. They estimate that there's one million people addicted to cocaine right now. And I think that's low. I think it's a little higher. That's addicted. That's not people that use it on the weekend or when they party. Because in these big cities, Thursday through Saturday, they party. These clubs stay up all all night. They stay open. And in Hollywood and and places where they have places, uh, you know, fun things that people can do on the night in the nightlife where they can go and drink and snort all night long, you have massive drug use. You have dealers like this at this level in Fort Myers. I don't know what level this would be in Fort Myers, Florida, but anywhere else in the country, someone is right there. Like one of their friends on the side, uh, you know, on the outside, that's not, you know, they just maybe got into this or one of the people that they sell to is going to jump right in this role and take this over. You took off what essentially is, you know, you killed one mosquito in my backyard is what you did. That's what I mean. Yeah. You can do that over and over again, but do you want to spend two months to kill a mosquito every Man. time you go outside? Like I was just going to watch this mosquito two months, dude. I will kill him in August. Let's think about all the fucking money and resources they wasted on two houses, which they accumulated at the end, what three hundred grams of drugs and one hundred thirty-two of it was was uh, cannabis combined between the two houses busted. That's all, and then they take pictures like it's some big fucking thing to be proud of, like like oh look at you know big old bust, like they glorify everything they seize, no matter how ridiculous it really looks. I mean, like I've seen so much of this. It, it's stupid to even look at now. Some of these guys on here, one of them still wanted. The rest of them are arrested. Uh, the uh, the rest of the gang has been arrested. They're all young black men. And um, it's when you look at stuff like this and one guy smiling like it's no big deal. He's still young enough. Maybe he can turn. Maybe he can turn his life around now. But the sad majority of these young men are going to go to prison. They're going to get in the system. They're going to get out and they're going to, they won't be able to get an opportunity to get a job that pays well enough. They're going to go right back into it and it's going to be there for them and they're going to do it again and they're going to do it again. And that's the problem um, with this and investigation going this long. The fentanyl 15 grams is a lot. 15 grams Mm -hmm. is a ton since you and take fentanyl, such sauce, yeah. Yeah. small, you know, and that's important to get that fentanyl under control because my fear, I don't think fentanyl should be treated any less than any of the other drugs that are made illegal as far as, you know, prohibition goes. But I will agree that you can get dangerous with fentanyl real quick and you can, you can die really fast that, from a, from a wrong dose. So I think there should be, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it should be regulated for sure. Severity of the drug is definitely one thing. And, you know, everyone, you know, knows that drugs are different and, um, they have different reactions and things like that. And anybody that knows anything about fentanyl, um, 
would know that it is a way different beast yeah. than, than what we've been used to. Even though it has, yeah, synthetic. So even though it has been around a long time, it's just now like starting to become a thing, it feels like. Um, but as, as far as, you know, just because it's worse, should you be punished? No. But I'm going to advise you to stay away from that shit if you want to have a good, full, healthy, rounded life. You know what yeah. I mean? Like oh, yeah. It's just like, that's my advice to you. Right. But if you're going to go ahead and do it anyway, I'm going to tell you, please, please, please fucking be safe if I care enough to say that to you. Right, right. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to treat you like a goddamn criminal. Right. Unless you're giving it to somebody or something like that. And it's just like... Putting it in their coffee or and like, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like spiking or like Make poisoning somebody or giving it to a kid or something. Like that's when I'll have a fucking problem. But it's just like... Other than that, man, um, you know, education is the best thing. So one synthetic drug to another. Go from the fentanyl in Fort Myers, the Fort Myers fentanyl phenomenon to the Bonner Springs police busting 75 pounds of methamphetamine. That's a lot of meth. That is a lot. Bonner Springs, that's in Kansas City. What y'all doing down there, Kansas? I know, crazy. Officers in Bonner Springs were at the center of a large methamphetamine bust on Thursday. Uh, They posted on their Facebook page late uh, Thursday details of the bust, which happened Thursday afternoon, along with a portion of uh, Interstate 70 that runs through the city. So this was probably a highway bust there. It quickly became clear the officer pulled over a vehicle that was carrying a substantial amount of meth. After further investigation, officers located nearly 75 pounds and they arrested the driver. Uh, very short story here. Doesn't have the suspect's name. They must be working the suspect for, uh, you know, maybe giving up. Yeah. Giving up the big dog here. Where'd it come from, buddy? But I went to the Facebook post. So here we have this afternoon, an officer from the Bonner Springs Police Department stopped the vehicle on I-70, eastbound I-70. During the investigation, the officer discovered that the vehicle was carrying a substantial amount of methamphetamine. So so how did you find that out exactly? Officers from the Bonner Springs Police Department, community action team, and investigators were called out to assist. Uh, the methamphetamine was located within the vehicle. The driver was arrested, 75 pounds of meth. And today, the officers kept these dangerous drugs from reaching the streets. All suspects are innocent until proven guilty. But they didn't release the name or nothing. And they didn't do anything like that. I wonder if I could see some comments here. Thank you for getting this stuff in person off our streets. Thank you for all your service, Stan Roush. So proud of you all for cleaning up this great community. God be with you. Wow, great job. Glad you're out there. Keep us safe. Keep us safe. Good job. Whoa, guys. Go. Great job. Thank you, men and women. You have the best interests of our community in mind. Each day you go to work. Thank you. Thank you. Great job. Once again, nobody on here is like, this ain't, no, this is all just like, you guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for taking it off the streets. Even though it was on the highway, it was probably just going through Kansas city. It wasn't even stopping here, but we were, <laughs> thank you so much. That's the, you gave no details of the driver. Thanks for protecting our community. That's great. Cause we all know he was going to stop right after. Um, I would say that it's cool to be enthusiastic for your police doing a good job but on the same token 
with such a huge bust like that, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. But the history and data and everything that's available to us that we can make common sense decisions, everyone on Facebook, I just want to let you know that this ain't shit. Mm-mm. I'm sorry to tell you that. You can make meth in your house with whatever chemicals you have available to you. You can use detergent, fertilizer. We've already proven it. And although you took all this unregulated, untested meth off the streets, and I think in that aspect, that's cool because it could have fentanyl in it or whatever. But in the long run, this was a waste of money for your officers. Instead of busting this one guy with all this shit, they could have been out protecting like the real people that are doing harm like your sex traffickers or your um, pedophiles or your people that are violent, you know, your overall violent people that are stealing, thieves, um, people that cause physical harm to other people. It's very difficult to be on this side of the drug war and not have appreciation for what police officers do. Um, I don't take it out on the individuals. It's the policy, and that's why I could never be an officer. Yeah, same here, man. I used to um, study criminal justice, and I lost passion for it after my first degree because uh, so many flaws and inconsistencies in the system have really discouraged me into thinking that I can make a big enough impact to fulfill my life. Um, And it's really sad to see a lot of good-hearted, well-intentioned people um, go in this field and dedicate their lives to what they think is essentially, you know, doing good um, and, and making things better. But in the overall, like you said, data doesn't lie. History doesn't lie. Uh, We need to wake up and start doing things differently. Yes. Well, well put. I agree with that shit. And I know everybody out there does too. You know what that music means. It's time to say goodbye. Bye bye. You all. Hope you enjoyed the show. We love y'all. Till next time. Great job. You guys did so good. Awesome. Holy shit, you guys are awesome.